What hope do we have in the face of the battle with evil in the human heart? Or maybe to put it another way, what does a bad man need? What does a bad man need? Maybe he needs a kick in the pants, huh? Would that do any good? No? Basil says no. Exactly. Wouldn't do him any good, would it? Maybe make him say ouch for a little bit. Maybe increase his resentment. Maybe we have to lock him up. Maybe that's what a bad man needs. Sometimes we have to, right? But will that change his heart? Would it change your heart? No. Maybe, uh, maybe what we need is a policy. Maybe a policy might make a difference, right? Maybe a new policy might change, change things, make people better, more laws, better policies, better thought out. Think it might have a chance? You look skeptical. <laughs> maybe anger management, right? Or sensitivity training. Maybe that might help, help someone. Sometimes yes, but will it really, really convert his heart? No. What does Jesus say today in the gospel? He says to turn the other cheek. He says to turn the other cheek. He says to surprise him by the radical mercy of God. Maybe that might have a fighting chance. Maybe that might have a fighting chance of, of taking care of the evil that broods in the human heart. Maybe that might have a fighting chance. For what's the mercy and love of God? What does it do? It doesn't look for a response. It doesn't demand or expect reciprocation. It just loves anyway. It just loves anyway. That's the love of God. And so the greatest test, right, of that kind of love is to wonder, well, I love my enemies. Because if I really don't expect a response from the gift of my love, if I don't demand a response, I will love my enemies. Because I know it's guaranteed they won't give me a response, even the opposite. But that's what God's love is, isn't it? It's... uh, has this abandonment to it that doesn't expect or demand or look for a response. It just loves anyway. God's love is kind of like the no-look pass in basketball. You guys play basketball or watch basketball? I love the no-look pass. It's a great part of the game. Like the point guard's not even looking. He just is dishing the rock wherever it needs to go, right? Just, uh, here it is, there it is, but he doesn't even look, right? Doesn't even look. Doesn't care where it goes to. He's just giving it to where it needs to go without caring about what he gets in return, without caring about where it goes. It's just the no-look pass. It's beautiful. That's kind of like God's love. He's just not looking. He's just giving it out. He's just sharing it wherever it needs to be shared. But when we encounter, right, evil, when we encounter an aggressor, our first response is not always to love, is it? 
because that aggression riles up everything that's negative in us. And so our normal response is either we flee or we fight, right? It's the classic fight or flight response. That's our normal response to evil in another person, to the bad man, to the aggressor. But Jesus recommends neither of those responses in today's gospel, neither to fight nor to flee, but rather to do something surprising, to lure the other into a new spiritual space whereby he can be converted, to surprise him by the radical nature of God's mercy. Is that hard? You bet it is. You bet it is. Is it going to mean that sometimes, right, that we suffer a little? You bet. But does it change things? Does it give us hope for actual renewal? Actual conversion of, of the other? You bet. It has a real fighting chance to change things, to not just sort of ignore things as they are as the status quo. Mother Teresa would do this beautifully. There's stories about Mother Teresa going begging for food for children in her orphanages in, in Calcutta, and sometimes they'd, she'd take them with. And One time she went to this baker and, and begged for bread, and he spit on Mother Teresa. And she said, thank you for that gift. Do you have one for the child, too? <laughs> you know, brilliant, right? Luring him, surprising him. It's not a rolling over dead, but it's a rather something else. It's letting the other see the silliness of their aggression. Almost a kind of luring them into something new. And that is hard. But that's who we're called to be. We're not just called to get by with a human life. We're called to burn brightly with the divine life. We're brands plucked from the burning. We're made to do something new, to transcend the human into the divine. And this is what the divine looks like. Because this is what God does, doesn't he? Right? He enters into the depth of our dysfunction, and there he gives himself. He surprises us by his love and mercy so that we can come to him and trust in love. Our job is not just merely to survive this difficult life or even to be noble agents of conventional justice. Our job is to burn with a divine life which shares itself in mercy and love. That's our job. And what is the divine life? Right? So good, isn't it? God is so good. His, his grace shines everywhere on the good and the bad. Who does God hold a grudge against? Nobody. Not you, not me, not even the worst sinner. God doesn't hold a grudge. He's nothing but love and mercy, pouring himself out, giving us new chances, giving us hope. Think of the greatness of God. Right? The sinner, the moron, the derelict, he loves them all. And sometimes we are that person that needs his love, aren't we? We are the one who just sort of stumbles through and needs that mercy always. But knowing that that's who God is, 
That gives us the confidence to share his life. That gives us the safety to know that we can share that life and not be afraid. When we encounter right, evil in another, whether it's aggression or passive aggression, whatever it is, right, we don't have to respond in like kind. But we know we're safe and secure in the wounds of Christ. We know that we have a home in his heart. And then we can be radical. We can surprise them by the mercy of God. Our world needs and hungers for the love and mercy of God. And so united to him, you can radiate that and renew the face of the earth.